This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale, and this podcast is all about making dressage make sense. In this episode, we are looking at dealing with tension at shows. It's something that many of you, me included, will have had on our test sheets at some point in time, and it can have a huge effect on our scores. But tension can come from multiple different areas in multiple different ways in multiple different situations. So we're going to work through the different types of tension, different ways you can help solve them. And hopefully this will give you a few ideas and a few things to try with your own horses too. If you enjoy this episode, then please do share it. The best way to do that is on social media and you can tag us in it too to let us know what you think. So tension is one of those things that can completely destroy the mark you get for a movement or even for your whole test. Judges will take off one, two, even three or four marks, depending on how bad the tension is. And the reason why judges are so hot on tension is obviously because of those all important scales of training. Suppleness is the second scale. And the aim when it comes to training our horses is that every single muscle in the horse's body is toned and being used correctly, but is relaxed and free from tension and tightness. So the aim when it comes to suppleness is to end up with a horse that you are able to move around, say to make them rounder or sit more weight on their hind leg or move their body into a movement like a shoulder in. But when you do this, all those muscles need to be used, but they need to be used in a relaxed way by contracting and relaxing the muscle not by tightening, clamping and holding. 
And this is what tension ultimately is. It's the tightening and holding of the muscles which stop the horse being able to move around freely. Suppleness is also usually one of the collectors in your test. And this, these collectives kind of talk about the overall impression of the test. So this is going to be something that the judge is going to be thinking about in every single movement you do. So if your horse gets tense in a test, what it highlights is a lack of suppleness because all those muscles are tight and clamped and this stops your horse being able to bend and move how you need them to. But tension can also then create a whole host of extra issues because ultimately your horse isn't supple. So all those things that suppleness improves, your contact, your straightness, your impulsion, your horse's ability to be round and through, your horse's ability to extend and compress, and also your horse's ability to listen and respond to the rider's aids can all be affected. So if, let's say, your horse has to do a 10-metre circle into a medium trot across the diagonal and they become tense and those muscles tighten and become fixed, this could affect your horse's ability to bend around the circle. So you may find they fall in, they fall out, you don't have enough inside bend. You may find your horse comes off the contact and lifts their head. They may lose the tempo. Your horse may rush or slow down. You may find the rhythm becomes irregular. You may find your horse struggles to collect and take the weight on the hind leg on the circles. In the mediums, you may find your horse lifts the head because they cannot extend. They may run rather than kind of open out their stride or they may break into canter or they may come behind the leg or they may lose their straightness and drift to the left or the right. There's so many issues that tension can create. And all of these things are because your horse isn't supple. But there is also another kind of tension that is the kind of tension that is caused by anxiety rather than a lack of suppleness. And maybe this is the difference more between a tightness than attention. I think of tightness as being an, a lack of suppleness and I maybe think more of tension as being that kind of mental tension caused by an anxiety. And so this is more where your horse is getting their body ready to take flight, which is their natural response to stress. And the reactions will still be the same. It's still those muscles tensing and holding and clamping but this can obviously then lead to things like your horse spooking or spinning or napping or rearing or even things like severe contact issues or your horse shutting down and coming behind the leg. And this type of tension is very different entirely because I think of it, like I said, as more of a mental tension rather than that kind of physical tightness, lack of suppleness. And you could have the most supple horse in the world but put something in front of them that scares them and those muscles will still tighten, they'll still clamp up, no matter how supple your horse is normally. And this type of tension tends to fall more into your submission collective. And again, this is going to be something that the judge is going to be looking at in every single movement that you do. So if you know your horse gets tight or you know that your horse gets tense in a test, Personally, for me, what I find most helpful is to work out 
Firstly, whether that tension is that mental tension, more from anxiety, or if it's more that physical tightness from a lack of suppleness. And it's very easy to get those both a little bit confused. But once you've worked that out, it's a lot easier to then go about working how you can improve it. So every time I have a problem with anything, to be honest, for me, the most important point is finding the cause of it. It's so easy in dressage to focus on the symptom, which for this might be you get tension written on your test sheet or your horse always becomes lazy in the competition arena or they become fixed or they can become spooky or unrideable. But when you focus on the symptom, you can spend months, if not years, going down completely the wrong road, trying to fix the symptoms without really fixing the problem. And so firstly, I think working out whether it's that mental tension or physical tightness is the first point. And then working to find the root cause of the problem is then the next point. And for all of these kind of reasons why your horse might be this way, we'll deal with them in different ways. So if let's say we go back to our 10 metre circle medium trot example, more often than not, I would see riders focusing on the symptoms. So they will come for a lesson and they will say that their horse doesn't have enough inside bend in a test or they the horse comes behind the leg in a test or that the horse always lifts the head in the medium trot or that they need to work on their suppleness. And the same is said for the horses that are mentally tense and physically tense. If you find that you're having this in a competition as you go down the centre line, there will be a reason for this. And usually, although it's not always the case, usually it is more a case of your mental tension. If you find you get the problems at home as much as you get them in the test, then I would argue it could possibly be more a physical tightness and you need to work on your horse's suppleness as well. And this is where it kind of, again, we come back to the same root cause. Once you can find the root cause, you know you can go down the right road and the things that you're going to put in place to try and improve it are going to actually be a little bit more focused on actually fixing that problem. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go through a couple of tips and I don't like to say tricks, but a couple of tricks. Now, some of these tips are, like I said, a few little tricks that I've picked up to keep your horse with you or help you get them back when you lose their attention or when the tension becomes too much. Others are more longer term tips that are going to have far longer term benefit and are actually going to help you to solve the real problem rather than just covering up the symptom. And I think that that is what's really important is that I don't want you to skip all the first bits, even though they are harder and they are more longer term to fix. The tips that I give you at the end aren't going to fix the problem. By doing the tips at the end, you're not going to fix the problem. You will always have a horse that becomes tense or tight. But by fixing the problem, you could end up with a horse that is relaxed and with you as you go down the centre line, which I always think is kind of your most ideal situation.
So the first thing I want to talk about then is to have a think about whether you as the rider are nervous or anxious. We all know our horses pick up on our own emotions. I've seen many a horse go from being an absolute saint in the competition arena to an absolute nervous wreck purely because of a change of rider. And if you imagine we teach our horses to respond to our every single subtle cue, that can also mean they respond to some cues we don't want or don't intend them to actually listen to. So if we get on our horse and we go into the warm-up and we are tight and tense and anxious, it's understandable that our horse is also going to be like that. But it can also happen on a more subtle level too. So I see a lot of riders, and I was one of them, that wanted so badly to do well that they completely changed how they normally rode once they went down that centre line. So if you feel that your horse shuts down, goes behind the leg, becomes more spooky, becomes more tense. Once you go down that centre line, I would hugely suggest you have a little think about whether you as the rider are changing how you ride. So if you notice your horse changes, um, go back, watch some videos back, talk to your instructor, see if you change how you ride. I'll give you an example. So I had I had a horse that had a tendency to be more lazy than kind of hot and spicy. And I spent a lot of time at home training him that if he didn't respond to my lightest leg aid, I would give him a big kick and correct him and show the response I wanted. But when I went down the centre line and he didn't respond to my light aid, I wouldn't give him the big kick because I was worried it would make the test look messy or it would highlight to the judge the fact that my horse was really behind the leg. But my horse started to then learn that as soon as he went down the centre line, I wouldn't correct him if he didn't react to my leg. So in actual fact, I ended up training him to be less reactive in a test than he was at home. And this can happen with anything. If you hang on to the rein, it can teach your horse to lean against you or become more behind the vertical if you do it, suddenly change it as you go down the centre line. Or if you are kind of holding your horse in to keep them round, or if you fix in your seat and your upper body, or if you get caught in that hole of, I say knowing in quotation marks, that your horse will spook at a flower pot, or will go behind your leg after the centre line, or will come off the contact, or will go hollow, or will become tense, you end up riding them to almost do it anyway. It's a bit like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you go down that centre line expecting your horse to be behind the leg, I guarantee to you they will be. If you know that your mindset is affecting your horse in this way, this is something that is easily worked on. I think the hardest bit with anything in dressage really is for finding that root cause. Once you know the cause, the way through it is very easy. When you don't know the cause, there are three million different ways that you could approach the problem. So this then kind of brings us on to my next point, which is test riding. Now, no matter whether you really feel like this problem is being caused by you as the rider, or if it's something you feel you need to work on with your horse, test riding can be a fantastic way to bridge the gap between training at home and competing at a show. You can run through tests at home and pay attention. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Attention to how your riding may change or your horse may change. And you can also practice all those all important test riding skills that we forget to do all the time, like accuracy and preparation. But there are also loads of test riding clinics where you can go to another venue, you can travel your horse to the show, you can plant them up if you want to, you can wear all your competition stuff, and you can practice competing your horse in a different environment, riding through a test, preparing in the same way, but with less high pressure for you and your horse. You will have, you can go back and repeat movements or you can work your horse past the spooky corner or you can give yourself a bit more warm up and you don't have to worry about it being messy or what mark you're going to get or whether it's going to go on your record or whether you'll get a qualifying score because it doesn't matter. Going HC as well can be really helpful for a rider's mindset. And that is, HC is just where your score doesn't go on the board. It doesn't count for anything, but you still go and compete. You still go through the test. You still do everything exactly as you normally do for a show. So that's another way to kind of bridge that gap. If you find your horse is very different training to competing. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the warm-up because a lot of the time I think when we're thinking about our horses being really good at home and then there being issues like tension coming in in the arena the warm-up is that opportunity you have to get your horse where you want to be so if you have a really effective warm-up you can start with a tense horse and end with a really relaxed supple horse if you have a good warm-up And horses are creatures of habit, but I think so too are humans. We love a routine and I'm sure at home you probably already do some exercises more than others. And there are some things you know work really well for your horse and some things you always are working on and some things that really don't work for your horse and you don't necessarily need to focus on too much. But creating a warm-up plan can help you to create a routine that you know gets you and your horse in that best mental and physical state to go down that center line and again it's a little bit of trial and error you may go warm up for a competition and do your test and find that you want to tweak bits take some things of your warm-up out add some things in and play around with it until you feel like you end up with the horse you want and again you can practice your warm-up at home you can practice running through exactly what you're going to do give yourself a time frame really That's one thing I would say, try as much as you can to make 
or have situations where you create the same pressures as you do at a show. Because things like a time pressure of your warm-up, you have to have your horse where you want to be at a certain time. We generally don't do that in training. We tend to ride until we get our horse how we want and then we stop. We can't do that in our warm-up. If we get our horse exactly where we want them to be 15 minutes early, you've then got 15 minutes of time that you've got to know what to do with. And the same thing, if you find you're always kind of ending up with not enough time in your warm-up, that's something to take on board too. Another really good tip that I found really helpful is to take your trainer with you. Now, I don't advise this for every show, but there have been many times where as a coach, I could not understand why my riders weren't scoring better at shows. And they would perform perfect, accurate movements with a good way of going when we did test riding at home. And then there would they would have issues in the test that they never had at home and we never experienced in training. And going to shows with these riders is hugely eye-opening for a coach because usually it's the case that the loss of marks or this tension that we're talking about today don't really come from the issues in the test, but from the fact that their competition preparation isn't on point, their warm-up isn't as beneficial as it could be, they lose it on the way to the arena, they don't make the most of the outside of the arena. They ride differently in the test. All these things are things that I as a coach would never pick up if I only saw my riders at home. But they are things that I can really help my riders get to grips with once I know the problems that are there. So if you are a bit stumped as to why tension keeps creeping in or you keep having problems in your tests and you're not sure why it's happening, Take your trainer along with you, ask them for their advice or send them videos of your test too. That can be really helpful. I do a lot of post-test debriefs with my riders over the phone, which can be really helpful for those competitions that I can't get to or the ones that go a bit wrong or the ones that go really well. That my riders will just send me a video and we'll chat through how did it feel? This is how I think it looked. This is how they think it looked. What could we have changed? What could we have done better? And that sort of reflecting can be really, really beneficial for making sure that you make those little improvements for next time. Now, the next three tips I have for you are a little more tricks that you can use in your tests to help keep your horse with you, keep them relaxed, keep them focused. And the first one is to use the test to your benefit. Now, that seems really silly. But every single test, no matter whether it's prelim or Grand Prix, has a suppleness movement in it. Now, whether it's a circle or a shoulder in or a half pass, these suppleness movements have the ability to help your horse relax, get rid of tension, become more supple, work more over their backs, engage their hind leg, so many benefits. And you can use all of these to your advantage and then be able to use that suppleness to then improve the next few movements. So no matter whether your horse really is physically tight and unsupple, or they're mentally tense and anxious, moving them around and suppling them up can create that relaxation and softening in the body that can help bring your marks back up and help you improve those suppleness and submission marks too. 
going back to kind of what we said before, when it comes to a test, it isn't about how it feels. It's about how it looks. If you have a horse that feels tense in a movement, but what the judge sees is a horse that is relaxed and free and supple, you will get a high mark. Now, that's not to say that you should just try and cover everything up because I still think that those problems of tension will creep through at some point. But it's important to know when you're in a test that it's about how it looks. So if you can do those things where you come across your suppleness movement and you can use it, yes, to show a high quality movement, but to also help your horse supple up a little bit, that can really be beneficial, not only for that movement, but also the next few movements in your test too. The next tip I want to talk about is about your corners and your corners are your best friend. The corners are a great space that you can use to your advantage in every test that you will ever do. It's a great place where you can rebalance your horse, make them more supple, reset everything and get everything back together again before your next movement. And generally in a test, there are a hell of a lot of corners where you have to do nothing in them but ride into and out of them again. So learning how to ride a good corner can be so helpful because it can just reset everything, get you back on track, but also keep your horse with you throughout the test if you ride your corners well. So when I ride my corner, I like to think of it in three steps. I'll go into the corner and at this point, I'll think about using a half halt to get my horse to rebalance, take more weight onto the hind leg. And in the half halt, I would definitely be using my leg as well. So my horse doesn't lose the activity and energy as I bring them more onto the hind leg. Then the next part is bending my horse around my inside leg, which is going to create that suppleness and softness. Then finally, I think of releasing my horse out of the corner in a loose, swingy walk, trot or canter, hopefully with the activity and weight on the hind leg for my half halt and the suppleness together as one. Now, I cannot emphasize enough how beneficial riding corners can be. The half halt helps horses that are running through you. It helps horses that are unbalanced. It helps a horse physically tense to supple up. And it gives a mentally tense horse some things to think about and focus on, as well as teaching them to relax more in their body as well. The final thing I want to talk about then is what we call the subtle shoulder four. Now, sometimes I find with tense or tight horses, the harder they work and the more things they have to do, the more they have to think about and the less tense they get especially as a lot of the things that or a lot of the movements that happen as you go up through the levels are suppleness movements. You add in your leg yields, then your shoulder ins, then your smaller circles, then your travers and your pirouettes and your half passes. So there are loads of suppleness exercises that keep adding on, which is hugely beneficial for your tense or tight horse as you go up through the levels. But when you're at the lower levels, Straight lines down the long side can be an absolute nemesis for a tense or tight horse. And it's usually also where those spins or spooks start to happen. When you have that long side of doing not a lot, where all you need to do is just travel down it without much to think about, your horse has the time to then start bringing their attention to what's going on outside the arena, having a little think of all the other things going on. 
And a shoulder forward is kind of a subtle way of bringing your horse's attention into the arena. It helps give your horse something extra to think about. And it's also a suppleness exercise. So it can help add in that extra bit of relaxation and softness too. Be careful with this though, that it is subtle. Don't get caught up swinging your horse into a shoulder in, but keep it a soft little shoulder four where you can just ask for a touch more inside bend, touch of inside hind leg crossing underneath them, just to get that more bend, more suppleness, more give, as well as getting that tiny bit of sit in the hind leg as well. So that is something that I would do along my long sides, especially in things like the medium canters or bringing them back after the medium canter. Your corner should be used there as well. Or if you're going along the short sides, or if you've got a little bit of kind of space, the only time I wouldn't necessarily think about doing it is if I'm going across the diagonal, or if you've got a judge kind of, if you're doing a championship or a premier league and you've got the judge kind of bang smack on the long side, I would go for a super, super, super subtle shoulder fall. I wouldn't let it get too much because they would obviously pick up on that. So there you are then. So that's a couple of longer term things to help you improve not only your mindset, but also hopefully give you a few ways to help you think of kind of ways to get out of this situation. I think when you have a horse that gets tense or gets tight in a test, it's very easy to kind of feel a bit lost. And I think the main thing I want you to take away from this is to find that root cause. And that can take a bit of time. It can take a bit of conversations. It can take a bit of kind of trial and error. But once you've found the root cause, the kind of way to fixing the problem is a lot easier. And then the last couple of tips and tricks are more things to kind of help keep your horse with you, keep them on side, keep them listening to you and not kind of letting their attention get out of the arena. I think normally you've got to think, especially with a horse that gets mentally tense and anxious, Things that happen inside the arena is quite rare. You've got sand, you've got you and your horse, that's it. The things outside the arena are the things that are generally scary. You've got the whiteboards, the letters, the flower pots, the judges, you've got horses in other arenas, you've got spectators, you've got umbrellas, you've got everything going on. And so if you can get your horse to stay in the arena with their focus in the arena generally, it can really help to make things a little bit easier. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do make sure you share it. Like I said, the best way to do that is on social media. So you can just take a screenshot, share it, do tag us in it, let us know what you thought of the episode, what tips you found especially helpful. Or if you have a tight tense horse and you found a different tip or trick that worked really well, do let us know that too, because it'd be really interesting for us all to be able to share all our different ideas and kind of ways that have worked for everyone else. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and I will see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.